0: For the last
4: time this year, we get to say, Brian Haydad, football is back.
2: Yes, correct. It that is, is. That is exactly what we're going to say. One last time. One last time. Football. I don't know. When does Australian rules football kickoff? Oh, I don't, I know don't when care.
4: That <laughs> Excellent
2: theme song here. This is outstanding.
4: Chiefs, Lions, tonight, Arrowhead, the surging Detroit Lions. A lot of people are high on them. Yours truly. Also, I'm buying into Dan Campbell in a big way. At the Chiefs, no Chris Jones, although apparently, reportedly, he'll be up in a box for the Super Bowl uh, banner unveiling tonight. So he'll be at the game, just not in the game. Yeah. And... Possibly Travis Kelsey is going to go through a workout this morning, see how he feels, but frankly, it would be dumb to rush him back for a week one game. So I don't think you're going to see him either. It
2: would. It would, unless he just goes out there and he's like, you know what, I'm good. You know, if it's like, eh, I could go, that's probably not going to be good. No,
4: no there's 16 more of these, Travis. You just you hang out and enjoy the uh, unveiling of the Super Bowl banner, but that's right! NFL football is back. This is one of my favorite weekends of the year. We have that debate often. You know what's the best sports weekend of the year? You know, sometimes we get votes for rivalry weekend, we get votes for NFL wildcard weekend because all the stuff going on at once, you know, masters for some people, whatever it is. This is a sneaky great one. Because mm-hmm. it, all of our football is now back officially, and it's for the first time in months you get to be a couch potato. I mean, so you got the game tonight. you got to go to work Friday. Sorry about that. But then Saturday, with a great slate of college football games, you wake up, you watch football all day, you go to bed after the Auburn-Cal game ends around midnight, you wake up, you take a pediolite out of your kid's closet where you store them, Ask me how I know that that, that is a thing that yes, you do. Yes, that's where it goes. And uh, where it goes. better than Gatorade, so much better. Anyway, and then on Sunday, yeah. you go to church, you come home, and you sit on your couch and do it all over again. Football is back. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Be a part of the show. We'd love to have you. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. Yes, our part-time employee is off again today. He will be back tomorrow. Maybe. Yeah, you know. You never know. You know how music. Albums, I don't know what the golf courses are like up there in Syracuse. So. I'm sure there's good ones nearby. I mean, New York's got yeah. a couple of uh, courses that host majors outside of the city, of course. But uh, so he can fly into New York City, play that, and then jet up to Syracuse. I guess I don't know. But uh, Richard Cross is like your favorite ar- artist came out with an album, and. On one of the tracks, there's featuring whoever. So, like a new Drake album, Drake featuring Snoop Dogg is the third song of the album. This is Sports Talk Mississippi featuring Richard Cross.
2: So, like back in, back in, back in my day, like if a hip hop album, if a, if a single said featuring Timbaland or featuring Nate Dogg, automatic hit, right? Like, if you had – it doesn't matter who the first rapper was. If it was featuring Nate Dog, you were going to listen to that song. Same thing. Sports Talk to be featuring Richard Cross. I like that. He's the Nate Dog to you and I being Snoop Dogg and Dr. Trey. For sure.
4: So uh, we'll talk about this game tonight a little bit more. We will make our picks, division winners, stuff like that. Talk a little NFL today with Luke Johnson, The not the Southern Miss version, the – Saints version that covers the Saints. Get ready for uh, Saints-Titans on Sunday. Got a lot of college football to get to and more with you. I want to start with this, though, because I think friend of the program, Andy Staples, is spot on right now. So Tez Walker, the transfer wide receiver at North Carolina, was denied his eligibility again. And I think he should be able to play. I think the NCAA, with this decision, is demonstrating the complete uh, lack of empathy for student-athletes, the same people that they are supposed to protect. It's a bad decision. Uh, he, When he was at, what was it, North Carolina Central, they didn't have a season because of COVID when everybody else played, and so he transferred out because they didn't play football there, and because of that, he's getting denied eligibility at North Carolina. I think that is a bad decision. However... Mac Brown released a statement, and he is hot about that. I mean, it's a long statement. I'm not going to read it to you because it would take us two segments. He is long-winded, and he is mad, and Mac Brown needs to shut up. Because Mac Brown, at one point, called the transfer portal out of control. So if you are going to scream and cry about how there's no regulations and the portal is out of control, you cannot then turn around and complain when the organization actually enforces its rules on it. Can't do it. If you call it out of control and they control it, you can't be mad about them controlling it. It's really that simple.
2: That being said, I uh, fully expect Zach Arnett to have to write a similar statement uh, in the coming weeks.
4: I, but I've never heard Zach Arnett complain about the portal being out of control. So if, if I he's, haven't. If If he's yeah. hot, then good. I would you're, love to hear you're that. good
2: with that. yeah, yeah, that's one of those things, right? It's like if you complain about x, then when when X happens, you, what can you do? So, but at the same time, it's it's kind of it, this is one of our favorite things to say. you know two things can be true at the same time. Mac Brown is both wrong and right at the same time. yep. one hundred percent because you're right. he did complain about the transfer portal and this, that and the other. But by that same token, he's totally correct that Tez Walker should be allowed to play this year.
4: So. Yeah, he, uh, he should. Adam and Monticello, Adam, I, don't, I just don't believe you. I, forgive me for calling you a liar on state ride, statewide radio. I don't believe you. When you say, who is Snoop and who is Dr. Dre? I don't believe No, 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 you're, you're misreading that. He's asking, of you and me, which
2: one oh, of us is Snoop okay. and which one of us is Dr. Dre? That's what he's a, I don't think, yeah, everybody knows who Snoop and Dr. Dre are.
4: You're Snoop. Snoop uh, Snoop's funny.
2: That is correct. That's correct. Yes, I am, I am Snoop Dogg, and you are, you know, you're Dr. Uh, Dr. Borky. Dr. Doctor K. Borky. I I don't know. I can't make it work. I'm trying. I can't make it work. You've been here longer. You know, this, this, yeah, this, this, this is your thing.
4: That, that, my dumb moment just got out of the way early. We, we just got that out of the way. It's going to be nothing but intellect hey, for yeah. the rest of the show. Um, yeah, we get this message. Maybe Brown is right on the fact that it's out of control because of the way the NCAA is handling it. I think he was right from the get go, and this only proves that. But if he was right from the get go, he is now mad that a player can't transfer twice without having a degree, and he's mad about it. He was mad about there not being rules, and now he's mad about there being rules. You can't—that—that's that, hypocrisy, is what it is. It, it's only—it's like this happens in politics all the time. We we completely just are are, to, are are overly hypocritical with politics. If if your guy or if their guy acts a certain way, oh, it's terrible. It's unbecoming of the position that he has. If my guy acts that way, I defend it forever. That, that's how we are yeah, in politics. Matt so. Brown is is politicking here. He wanted the portal to be controlled, and the second it affects him, he has no principles. I I just I don't like non-principled people. And I like Mac Brown a lot. He's doing a good job. Seems like a really nice guy, but in this case, he's wrong. And yet. He's right. He is right. <laughs> what a what a uh That's conundrum. Where we are. What a conundrum. Donald and Oxford, the portal and NIL, NIL are out of control. Makes college football not as fun anymore. Rich get richer, poor get poorer. That has been People say that, and that is not how it's working. Did you watch Clemson-Duke the other night? Do,
2: Donald in Oxford is a state fan. State finished with nine wins, ranked in the top 20 last year. How did they get poor?
4: He said it makes in, it easier in the, in to the skip port- a game like State-Arizona. Why Why does NIL make you want to skip that game? What about it? Put it? I don't understand.
2: Put it on the list. Put it on the list. Right above Grandma's Cooking for Me Saturday. I I don't like the NIL and Portal. Put it on the list.
4: The, people just parrot that. Well, the rich have gotten richer. No, they haven't. Like, they haven't. Like it's an, it, is, it is an Clemson objective is, fact.
2: Clemson has fallen apart. Falling apart. Georgia and Alabama were always rich. They haven't gotten any more rich. You know? They haven't. TCU played for a national championship last, last year. year. TCU. Tell me, Tell me when TCU was playing for the national championship before that.
4: Never. In recruiting, more, the, yeah. the, the players and the top 250 are more spread out, slightly, than they ever have been. You may not like the concept of it, understandably so, but if your reason is the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, that is absolutely the opposite of what is happening in college football right now. It is the opposite. If you want to talk about destroying college football, it's the TV networks and conference realignment. That is destroying college football. We'll be right back.
0: To Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app. Supertalk.fm. And always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station.
4: I'm working, Brian Head, with you. How has JT Daniels managed to play at four different schools? He uh, he graduated, so so that gives you a free transfer. He had his free transfer, and then got the waiver before they announced that they were going to not give waivers anymore. That's how he he gamed the system before they started actually enforcing their rules, and that's how it worked out. But it is absurd that he's starting at his fourth school. That's ridiculous. If we're being honest, it's absurd.
2: It makes it no is. sense at all. And and Mac Brown uh, you know, talks about that. He says, you know, you got guys who have been all over the place, but this one guy who's been one other place can't get a can't get a waiver.
4: This message, if it wasn't for the transfer portal, then USM wouldn't have a quarterback. There'd be a lot of the things uh, that you uh, the, the roster there would look differently. And Will Hall is using it well. I also saw somebody recently say that it's going to really. Hurt FCS schools. In fact, the opposite has happened. They're, they're get they're yeah. they're not getting poached. They're getting more players than they're losing. It, yeah. It's all kind of balancing itself uh, itself out. Jason says, absolutely, it's absurd how different things rotate from being unacceptable to championed every few years, depending on which side is in power, and which sides media are talking about it. Yep, absolutely. Which team out of LSU, TCU, and Clemson has the best chance of coming back after their loss and running the table? Uh, my vote's Clemson on that because of schedule.
2: Schedule, yeah. You would think so, yeah. TCU, no chance.
4: No, no chance. chance. This message, but even y'all said you must give to NIL to win, so are we playing both sides too, or are you missing something? So it's not required to win? I'm confused. No, the, the thing is You're it is something. required to win, but everybody's doing it. That, that That's the thing is... The smaller schools are stepping up and in, in being competitive mm-hmm. in that space. That It's working. And Arizona, Mississippi State's opponent this weekend, there, there was a five-star defensive end that, honestly, pre-NIL, goes to Ohio State or Alabama or whoever. But they were mm-hmm. able to work mm-hmm. locally. Kid from Tucson, five-star, would not have gone to Arizona, and they did mm-hmm. enough to keep him around. And, and you're seeing that yeah. happen at, at other places where guys feel like they don't have to go now Arizona's never going to build an Ohio State roster, but they can...
2: But they can get a couple guys, and that's that can be a difference. That's a, that's a difference between winning a loss sometimes.
4: Yeah. There's one guy. But that's what it is. Like Clemson, for example, they're losing because they're not forward-facing in that. But to, to bring it back local again, I mean, Ole Miss, what, two weeks ago, raised $3 million mm. for their collective. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot of pre-planned giving and stuff, but in a day they raised three million dollars.
2: Because Mississippi State, we just talked about it yesterday. One point three million dollars in the
4: last week. Yeah, and those are these are in this state non-traditional successful football programs. They're not the the history for Ole Miss and Mississippi State is not particularly great overall. You know, at least since my dad was born. And yet here are these fan bases that are bought in. And they—they're getting players, they're getting transfers, and they're—they're they're staying competitive. And it's okay if you buy in. Now, it's a tough ask, but if you're in, it's working. Oh gosh, we got sent a meme that I can't even describe on the radio. At least I don't think I can. But featuring Richard Cross is the title. Yeah, Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you know
2: what that is? You don't you don't know what that is, do you? No,
4: I and I, I, I it's
2: That is the album cover from Doggy Style from Snoop Dog's oh. Dogg's first album.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I... Okay. I
2: mean I I, I can say it because it's the name I'm of the right. album. No, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm not, I I'm not didn't in any describe trouble.
4: what I was looking at, is what yeah. I'm saying. Please
2: don't describe what it is, yes, but that is that is the album cover of Snoop Dogg's first uh or his debut album.
4: Yeah. For one of the few times I fully agree with yeah, well, we appreciate you uh, listening regardless of agreeing or disagreeing with us. TV and realignment are destroying college football. They certainly can't. It hasn't happened yet because week one was fun and this weekend's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of fun. But if something does lead to a demise, it's the super conference idea and it's the television networks destroying conferences. Th- that will ruin what we love far faster than then the players getting some cash. I promise. Because the players getting some cash still allows us to have what happened with Duke and Clemson. That still exists. Mm -hmm. The players getting cash still allows us for Texas Tech going up to Laramie and losing to Wyoming and them storming the field after a double overtime win. This is trending towards those games not existing anymore. And that, to me, is a problem. That's far worse than, yeah. At least, I, at least I think so.
2: Yeah.
4: Did not know this, Russ. Isn't it wild that LSU has never played Grambling before this weekend? But speaking of that, uh, there was enough that, yeah. pushback and blowback on the no fires on campus this weekend because it hasn't rained in forever. <laughs> I'm and everything's not surprised dry. they're going to let them have it. So by God, if they start you a you campus can't. fire, you're, they're going to have their gumbo.
2: You can't you can't not have that at LSU's campus. That's how they tailgate. They they are live fire cookers and everything else tailgate. Six zero one
4: eight seven nine forty three ninety five. How excited are you for this NFL season? What what stands out to you the most as it gets started tonight? You know
0: my my level of
2: anticipation and excitement for the NFL is kind of the same every year. It's based on how good I think the Saints are going to be. If I think the Saints are a train wreck, I I, I could. In the NFL it's great, but I, I'm just not that over overwhelmed by it. I think the Saints are going to be pretty good this year, so my excitement level is higher. Um, also, I got back into fantasy football this year, so I have reason to watch and pay attention to the other games more so than I have in years past. So I, I would guess I would go out and say that my excitement level for the—I mean, in reality, you know, most years past, I, I would watch this first game and just be like, "Eh, you know, it's on. I'll definitely pay attention to it, but it's just on." Mahomes was my quarterback.
4: I'm locked in. Yeah, it's a good pick. That's a, yeah. It's a heck of a pick. I'm really looking forward to the Saints season. And this is the beauty sometimes of fanhood, right? Right? If if everybody in all of your teams, both college and the NFL, is, if your team was measured by did they win the championship or not, then all of us would have a miserable time in college football. But we have expectations, right? And they vary. If, a Georgia, if Georgia doesn't win the national championship, Georgia fans are going to be hot and bothered, which is lame, but that's how it's going to be. If Mississippi State wins nine games this year, they win nine games this year, what's the fan reaction going to be? It's a hell of a season. It should be.
2: It should be, uh, yeah, a great season. Yeah, But that's what it was last year, and we're still having some of these weird discussions. So I don't know.
4: That's what it should be. And same thing for Ole Miss. If Ole Miss wins nine games of this schedule, hell of a season. Great year, boys. We'll see you in Dallas or wherever they get sent for a bowl game. Awesome. Same thing in the NFL, or at least sometimes. If the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl, Chiefs fans are going to be mad. All mm-hmm. I'm looking for is the Saints to make the playoffs that there's beauty sometimes in lesser expectations for your team because just just give me 10 wins 10 wins in a home playoff game I just, and i am totally Exactly. Happy.
2: I just want to be able to be engaged throughout the regular season. I don't want it to be getting to week 9 and the Saints are sitting there at like 3 and 6 and i'm just, you know, i don't really care. Like last year i watched i remember the, the i watched the Raiders game which they won. They won that game. They dominated the Raiders that day actually. And then I don't think I watched a full Saints game the whole season after that. I was just like, this team is not fun to watch. They're not exciting. They're not good. You know, I'll have them on. I'll keep up. But I'm not locking in. Whereas, you know, the the last couple years of Breeze, when they were a consistent best team in the NFC South and and playing in the NFC Championship game, I, I didn't miss a second of Saints
4: football. And I think they can do it, too. I mean, Richard, for some reason, wants to try to convince our audience that you and I actually think they're going undefeated. We don't actually think that. We don't? I I don't. Ten (laughs) ten and seven. Ten and
2: seven. If they were something like, I I think they'll be like 11 and six when it's done.
4: The early schedule sets up well. I'm concerned a little bit on Sunday about run defense and Derrick Henry because as good as they were defensively a year ago, they were kind of bad mm-hmm. against the run for a long time. They,
2: they don't have they don't have that Jeff Simmons type defensive tackle no. who just plugs up the middle and 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 you know and what's funny is they tried to draft a defensive lineman like that for the past few years but they have not been able to find that guy.
4: And the the one they did this year is a rookie, and the, yeah. the guys they signed in that spot are good rotational pieces. And what can good rotational pieces do? Against that Titans rushing attack, I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little concerned about Derrick Henry having a field day. Uh, and once you get him to the second level, as good as Demario Davis is, shout out Brandon Mississippi for that product. If if you're getting kind of beat up on the interior, there's only so much a guy like him can do. So interesting game. Yeah. I mean, favorite in it. You would think they should win that game at home. More explosive offensively. You think?
2: Yeah, I don't know what to make of the Titans. Like. I love Henry. I love Simmons. I, 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 you know, they got a couple pieces, but eh. No, the quarterback. You know, they don't have the elite quarterback. That's where. That's what the NFL is all about. Yeah.
4: Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. We'll give our division picks when uh, when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll talk more Saints at the top of the four o'clock hour. A ton of college football today as well. Glad you're with us. We'll be right back.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me
3: put it to you this
0: way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
4: Michael Borky, he's Brian Haydad. We get this question on the text line. How long can Henry last? That dude is a beast. Uh, Trying to compare him to other running backs in longevity, I think, is a fool's errand. He is as different physically in in my lifetime. I'm not going to go all the way back to, to eras that I didn't get to see, but in terms of endurance and physicality and size and speed, there's nobody like him. And so, how long is he going to last? I mean, Maybe until he's forty. He's just—he's a bionic man. He's just different. He's—he's he's twenty-nine,
2: which in regular running back years means this would be the last good year for him, right? Pretty much. Normally, a running back hits thirty, and somehow the, all the tread comes off the tire at that point, and it's, they just sort of hang on for dear life. You have a few exceptions, but thirty has always been the magic number. But I could easily see him getting to like—I mean. Forty is a bit much, but like if he if he's still rushing for a thousand yards at thirty three, I won't be totally surprised by that. Me either.
4: And and what's crazy is, you know, we've learned that some NFL teams would prefer their running backs not be used a lot in college. Like if if it's a guy that didn't get twenty five touches a game, like they're okay with that because the tread on the tires thing. Derrick Henry had a usage rate in high school that was insane. And Nick Saban ran him and ran him and ran him and ran him. And And you would think with all of just the beating that he took in college and the beating that he's taking in the NFL, that he would slow down. And watching him at his size outrun defenses, it's almost comical. Like There's no way you should be that big and that fast at the same time.
2: Derek Henry carried the ball 1,397 times in high school. So in 4 years of high school football, he carried the ball 1400 times. I mean that is that is an un, that is an unbelievable number.
4: You know what's crazy is it, him in short yardage, like really short yardage. Uh they say you know he's not good and you would think with that size he would be. But because he's so big it does take him a little bit longer to get going compared to other running backs, but when he does get going it's Special, but short yardage, he's not that great. Also, last year, I know the Titans changed up things offensively in terms of play caller this year. Saw this stat the other day. With Derrick Henry, you would think that the Titans would use play action how often? Often. Like all the time, right? Yeah. Their play action rate last year was among the worst in the NFL. Never try, uh, they never once try. they did. They rarely use Derrick Henry as a decoy to draw the defense and to throw it up over the top. Like these, Mike Vrabel's a great coach, and these guys are worth so much money, and they get to where they are because they are accomplished and successful and, and smart with football. But doesn't logic just take over and say, hey, wait a minute, we've got Derrick Henry, and defenses are terrified of him. Let's pretend like we're going to give him the ball once. And throw it over the top like that just seems like football 101 to me. And the Titans were among the worst in the league in using play action. Explain that.
2: I mean, I I can't explain it, but I can show you that the Titans weren't as good last year as everybody thought they were going to be. So you know, the Titans do some things I can't explain. The whole AJ Brown thing. Uh, I, I can't. You know, I, I don't. I don't get some of the things the Titans do. I'm really surprised that they 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 offered Simmons the big deal. I really thought they were going to play hardball with him as well.
4: Who's winning their division, by the way? Let's do this quickly. Uh, we are. I mean, it's NFL Day. We are actually here, but the AFC South will start their Colts, Texans, Jags, Titans. Who wins that division?
2: Yeah, I kind of agree with what John Harris was saying yesterday. That at this point in time, you kind of have to pick the Jags, right? Every everybody else is. Is sort of in rebuild mode at this point. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Jaguars to not only win the division, but to, you know, last year they won the division, but they were like the worst team in the AFC yeah. to win a division. This year they'll be pretty good, I think.
4: I like the Jags as well. AFC North, Ravens, Browns, Bengals, Steelers. Everybody loving on Joe Burrow. I'm actually, uh, I think the Steelers are going to win that division. Kenny Pickett has apparently taken a massive step forward, and I think this Mike Tomlin and the Steelers are going to get it done.
2: It's such a tough division, right? There's three great teams. Yeah. Yeah. I I pick the Ravens, you can pick the Bengals, you can pick the Steelers. Obviously, the Browns are are not there. But I I just feel like, you know, I like to go with the best quarterback, and that's Burrow. Uh, He would be the next highest paid quarterback in the NFL. So put me down for the Bengals on this one.
4: A really interesting division this year, and you haven't always been able to say that the AFC East, Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets.
2: I'm going to stick with old reliable here and go with the Bills until somebody knocks them off. I, I, Josh Allen is still the best quarterback in that division, even with Aaron Rodgers coming in. Um, plus it's the Jets. They're cursed. Something will happen.
4: Yeah, uh, offensive line issues all throughout training camp. Uh, not really a great sign. Uh, when and Aaron Rodgers is really good in the pocket. like He's athletic, man. I, he, Aaron Rodgers is not Tom Brady in terms of athleticism. Now, Brady was smart Mm -hmm. and good in the pocket and got the ball out quick as well. But escapability, even at his age, Rodgers, much more athletic uh, than Tom Brady. Yeah. But still, behind that offensive line, no shot. I'm with Buffalo as well. The West, uh, not interesting division at all, but here it is. Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs, Chargers. you got two really good quarterbacks in that division, though. You do.
2: But one has got the better team around him, and I, I believe that uh Chris Jones will will be a chief and, and, and be back on that field very soon. So give me the chiefs.
4: NFC North Bears Lions, Vikings Packers.
2: I think the Vikings probably there. I just I don't, I, you know can't trust uh, Jordan Love. don't know enough about him. I'm not going to the Bears know. and the Lions are like more cursed than the Jets. I just I just can't I just can't make myself say it. Yeah, I, I'm they're all, a good team though. I'm all a good in team. on the
4: Lions. I, I I'm I'm completely bought go. in. I, I think Jordan Love is a clear drop off from that of Aaron Rodgers, and Kirk Cousins is not going to play every game at one o'clock. And they were kind of fools gold last year. Won a lot of close games. Good team, but uh nfc east cowboys got bad injury news today on the offensive line as is tradition congratulations dak your guys haven't stayed healthy since 2013 um cowboys giants eagles commanders
2: ah the eagles probably will take it again they're they're, they're just so talented they they, i mean i'll always like jalen hurts in college i never thought there'd be a time where he was an elite nfl quarterback though
4: yeah um yeah, I'm on the Eagles. Uh, the NFC West, huh. Cardinals, Rams, Niners, Seahawks. Cardinals are tanking, by the way. So The Cardinals are tanking. The Niners are an e- easy pick here, in my opinion. They are a wagon. And then the NFC South, the Saints are going to win the division and black and gold to the Super Bowl, all that good stuff. So, Correct. There, uh, there it goes. Uh, happy that the NFL started.
2: Who's your AFC champion?
4: I, I have to do it. It's the Chiefs again.
2: This is the Bills' year.
4: I hope so. I like Josh Allen and McDermott a lot.
2: I don't like the Bills, but that's that's my pick there. And, and, and if I'm being honest with the, with the NFC, I mean, I want the Saints to do that, but I won't be surprised if the Eagles are back in.
4: Uh, I like the, the Niners there. They're going to stay healthy at quarterback this year and figure uh, and figure it out. Yeah. So uh, back to the college football front, because uh, we got a text about this, and, and hey Dad has answered the question for me. Uh, but not for you guys. So we got a question about uh, why we think Mississippi State is struggling to sell tickets this weekend against Arizona, and they even came out with a package today where uh, $59 will get you a ticket to both Arizona and LSU, which that's great value, by the way. I don't
2: if, know why they wouldn't make that a nice price. So just 10 I, more bucks. Let's uh, go. All
4: right. But that's great value, but also it's it kind of – Staggering that the LSU and the Arizona game are a two for the price of one uh, deal. Hey, Dad, your response to the question because this gentleman thinks that you are avoiding the question. Although we did we did talk about it the, earlier this week, but but still
2: we said it we said it on the podcast. It, I'm gonna I want to see how this weekend plays out. You know, I want to see what the crowd looks like on Saturday, and then I will have my thoughts for you next week. But I'm gonna let I'm gonna let one more game happen before I before I dive in. Yeah. To what will be an unpopular rant should I have to have it?
4: Can't roast a crowd that we have not seen yet. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen it yet, so until then. But I mean, look, it's in part not unique to Mississippi State, though. I mean. There were thousands of empty seats. I know it's slightly different, but but at the North the North Carolina-South Carolina game in Charlotte, a stadium that's yeah. inside of two hours from both campuses in a major, and major And they couldn't city, watch it on TV. And they couldn't watch it on TV, and there were thousands of empty seats at that game. Yeah. Indiana didn't fill up, and again, I know it's Indiana. They had Ohio State in town, season opener. I mean, you could clearly see lines and lines of unused bleachers, at the Indiana game. Empty seats are kind of common now in college football. It just it is what it is. Economic issues and otherwise attendance is just not what it used to be anymore. That is part of it for sure. If it's something deeper than that, we'll see Saturday. And, uh, and figure it out after that. 601879 4395 is the text line. 601879 4395. Thank you guys for being a part of the show this afternoon. That's how you text us, that's how you're a part. Got Luke Johnson coming up here in a little bit at college football on this day that you guys are going to love and more when we come back.
0: This is Sports Talk, Mississippi. Sounds good.
3: Mississippi.
4: You guys are having fun on this Thursday, just a couple more days away from an interesting weekend in college football. Southern Miss, unfortunately is having to travel to Florida state when they are a playoff contender as Luke said earlier this week, we'll talk to him tomorrow as well, getting ready for that game. Just, you know, build, find stuff to build off of. I mean, you know, especially if you get Florida State a little hungover from their big win over LSU and, and Southern Miss. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Southern Miss is overmatched, but it's not like they're – it's not like you're comparing apples to lawn chairs here. I mean, I mean, Southern Miss has players, and they they can play football and play really good football, and they're going to win games this year. And maybe you catch Florida State snoozing a little bit and you pop them in the mouth and, and there are things that you can put on film that you take home with you and get ready for Tulane and then stay healthy. Uh, that's kind of the, the goal this weekend. And my gosh, an upset would be incredible. But that that's a takeaway. With, with Ole Miss and for Mississippi State, it's difficult tests for sure and upgrading competition, but games uh, that you should win... But if you don't play well, you won't. Really interesting weekend of college football upcoming. We appreciate you guys being uh, a part. But a lot of attendance talk, hey, Dad, and understandably so, I guess. Um, We get this message again. I have an idea why, but whatever reason on why people are not showing up, they are voting with their pocketbook and with their butts not being in seats. Beating up on a fan base isn't the answer. Will those in charge listen? I don't like some stuff, but I'm still a season ticket holder, even though I'm tired of a lot of things going on. One day I may cast my season ticket vote as well.
2: Mississippi State has the cheapest season tickets in the SEC. They have rel- relatively reasonably priced concessions. Um, and the, the hotel prices are terrible, but that's not something Mississippi State controls. So like, what do you want State to do? But there's nothing state can do about that. Their, their their prices are already incredibly low.
4: I mean, and it's not making fun. Uh, whoever decided this at Mississippi State is smart. It's a good idea. But you're talking sixty bucks for a Power Five team and LSU, not sixty for the one game and sixty for the other. It's twenty nine fifty for the one game and twenty nine fifty for the other. A Power Five team who Probably going to be a bowl team this year, and LSU. And and yes, I know there are other costs that are, that are building up. Like I, trust me, I I'm I am team fan on this. When, when prices are jacked up and they charge you fifty, uh, all, all this stuff. But Mississippi State, at least when it comes to getting in the door, are making it as cheap as possible for you to do that without being economically irresponsible on their end. I have, I've gotten a
2: kick out of reading a lot of message board posts today, people talking about how much concessions and souvenirs cost when they bring the family. I'm just like, you know, my dad would just tell me no back in my day. I hate to be back-in-my-day guy, but like, man, I might have gotten a popcorn and a Coke, but I certainly wasn't going to the concession stand and, and spending, you know, 100 bucks. And we certainly were not going to go and buy, you know, a couple T-shirts and a couple hats and spend another $100 or whatever it was there. That was, just wasn't going to happen. You can tell your kids no. You just be like, Hey, we're going to the game. We'll get a drink. We'll eat before we get into the game. And we'll have a drink. And maybe you can get a popcorn or a hot dog, but we're not gonna you know we're not gonna go crazy. And you know, you've got enough Mississippi State stuff at home. You don't need another T shirt, be alright. You tell your kids no. I do it. Man, maybe that makes me a bad parent, I don't know.
4: I'm gonna clip that right there. Tell your kids no. I do it. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a good uh That'd be a good promo.
2: Why well, say yes when it feels so good to say no?
4: People got things to do. It's not the money. So is that a new phenomenon where where you just now have things to things do? People got
2: things to do on college football Saturdays. Okay, well, that's fine as long as you admit that you're not a big fan of college football. Don't tell me you're a big fan of college football when you can go to the game, but you're like, no, nah, I got things to do. All right. Just put it on the list. Things to do.
4: Somebody says Ole Miss charges too much for everything, and you know if attendance starts faltering, they, they need to that. they need to revisit that if if that is the case. Mm-hmm. I look, two things can be true at once. I, I'm team fan. I think that college football fans are being priced out of college football. It's it's ridiculous, but when you've got really compelling teams, both on your sideline and the one across from you. And also really accessible games from a ticket price standpoint, you do kind of lose the, ex- the the excuses, do start going away a little bit. I don't blame a single person for not going to see Southeastern Louisiana or Mercer. I don't blame you. Spending a dollar to watch those garbage football games is honestly admirable. If you were a fan that went there, kudos to you, because I wouldn't have done it.
2: But what I will say is, you only get seven or eight of these days. Yeah, You only get, you only get them. You know, it's not... All this other stuff you can do any other day, but you only get these days. And so, if, when I hear people who just want to say, "Oh, I love Mississippi State" or "I love Ole Miss," it's the big—it's such a big part of my life. Oh, are you going to the game? Ah, well. Oh, well, maybe it's not as big a part of your life as you think it is, which is fine. Yeah, totally fine. You don't have, it doesn't have to be. It's totally fine. But don't hit me with you know. We don't have fans. We have family. When you, when you can't be you can't come, can't can't come see your family?
4: 7 days out of the
2: year? I don't know.
4: 601-879-4395. We we'll talk Saints football when we come back with Luke Johnson of the Advocate in New Orleans. Don't go anywhere.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi. Ah! Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi.
4: Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. We'll put the attendance talk aside just for a second. Actually, you know what? Never mind, because I want to ask Luke Johnson, covers the Saints for the time Picayune down there in New Orleans, about uh, a different game down there in New Orleans this weekend of the college variety. High demand were the tickets for that game. It's sold out now at Yulman Stadium. What is the vibe down there, Luke, about uh, uh, Ole Miss Tulane? Sold out environment, SEC team coming to town, all that stuff. What 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 are you feeling on the ground there,
5: man? You know, I'm not I'm not as especially well connected to Tulane, but I can just tell you, just from a uh, from a living in the city perspective, that everybody here is really juiced about that game. Um, you know, I don't know what kind of odds Tulane actually has. I don't know what the what the line is. I think I saw that Ole Miss had like jumped up to like a seven point favorite or or, or it, it, they're. they're The line had jumped up to favor Ole Miss even more than what it opened at at the start of the week, but I don't think people here care, man. I think they want to see what Tulane has on its own turf against a really good football team, and you know I think that not only just the season they put together last year, but um, you know the way they finished it, beating USC in the Cotton Bowl, I think has it's made people believers in that program and Willie Fritz and. You know, some of the players they have here, like Michael Pratt, who I think is a legitimate NFL prospect. I mean, they, they've, uh, they're have they excited around here, and I, I think they don't really fear Ole Miss in the way that, you know, maybe they would have, you know, four years ago.
4: But let's turn the page to the Saints starting uh, on Sunday with the Titans. Uh, we, we talked earlier in the show uh, about. Uh, Our concern a little bit about the Saints' rush defense against Derrick Henry, why should we not be concerned about that, or why should we be concerned about that?
5: Yeah. I mean, um, until they prove that they are better than they were last year, I I think you have to be concerned about it, right? I I mean, like Derrick Henry, ever since he's been the main guy there, which it took him like three years before he he was really given the reins, uh, but ever since it was handed to him, I mean, he hasn't looked back. He's been every year, one of the best NFL running backs, if not the best. And he is just so unique. I mean, how many guys out there, 6'3", 250, who move the way he does? Right? He's, he's, a, he's a unicorn out there. And, I mean, we saw it last year where, where the Saints run defense that has just been a consistent strength under Dennis Allen uh, really slacked. And, you know, they made a lot of changes this offseason. They redid basically their entire defensive interior. You know, those guys weren't getting the job done, and they let him go in free agency and brought in a bunch of new bodies, and we just don't know what they look like yet. Um, so I, I think that's, that's the main thing going into this weekend. I think that's people are, are maybe should be looking at that even more than they're wondering about Derek Carr and the Saints offense because you know if they can't control the ground game, um, it's going to make life a little bit more difficult for them on, on defense, and this is obviously a huge test for them.
2: Luke, it feels like the Saints are one of the teams in the NFL where the preseason expectations are kind of right where they should be. They're not overrated. They're not underrated. A lot of people, most people think they'll win the division, but nobody is saying this is a 12-13-14 win team. Do you feel like? Do you feel that way? Do you feel that the expectation level for the Saints team is about where it should be?
5: To a degree. Um, I think they're better than people are giving them credit for. I think a lot of the, the expectations of the Saints – being a, a team that's going to contend for the division, or based upon the fact that people are expecting this division to be bad. But I, I don't think, you know, based on a lot of the stuff I've been listening to and reading and, you know, whatnot about the Saints from a national perspective, I, I don't think people are really considering them as, as like, a, like, a legitimate good team, right? I think they're just kind of putting them in this spot by default. And I, I think maybe they're kind of overlooking some things. Um, you know, there's there's probably some you know some some bias on my hand because it, it, they're the only team I see on a daily you know, day in day out basis. But I see a lot of the makings of a good team, of an exciting offense, and a and a defense that you know you, you feel like you can rely on because you know this has been kind of the, the backbone of their team for the last five six years. So you know, I think they can. Maybe they they aren't going to be a 13 win team, but I think they're going to surprise people with how good they can be. Um, and I think a lot of that you know, centers around around Derek Carr and being a you know, better version of the player that we saw for nine years of the Raiders organization. And he's dealing with a lot of just weird stuff with that organization. That you know, I don't think you can I don't think you can blame him completely for some of the struggles they had. And I think we're going to get a chance to see, you know, really exactly what kind of player he is this year. And I, I think there's a chance it's a lot better than the one we've seen.
2: You know, the the talk around Chris Olave is had a great rookie campaign and now maybe poised to break through and become one of the best receivers in the NFL. Who are a couple of other players for the Saints that, you know, younger guys that you could see taking a big step forward this
5: year? Man, if, if you uh... – if you are in a fantasy draft that has not picked yet, and uh, the, the odds of that happening with it being uh, you know, day one of the NFL season today are very very unlikely. But uh, I think Juwan Johnson is going to have a huge year, man. He's uh, you know he's done nothing but get better every year of his career to this point, uh, but it just still hasn't, hasn't manifested itself in like this huge breakout season. But I think that's about to happen. Uh, the entirety of his career it's just he's done nothing but tight ends to football. You know, Darren Baller was the number one target throughout the entire year. And you can see that in think camp. It's Like, uh, it's, Juwan is, is often, you know, do not his top target. throughout all these practices that we've got to see. He's just such a, you know, he's like kind of the perfect version of, of the modern NFL tight end, right? He's big, he's athletic, and, and you know, he kind of knows how to catch a football. And I, I just think that there's a chance, you know, after he had a nice season year, you know, by no means like a Pro Bowl season, but, you know, he had you know, seven, seven touchdowns, 600 receiving yards. I think he could those numbers uh, on, both, on both sides. I think there's a chance he could maybe push for like a 1,000 yard season as a tight end, which would be really, really impressive. Um, and then, you know, I, I think there are other guys on this team who, who are boys to break out, too. You know, Rashid Shahid. Very small sample size, but he's really, really impressive with what he did. He's not just a, a one-trick pony like a you know burner gadget guy. Um, they can rely on him to, to be to run the full route tree and and to to impact the offense in a lot of different ways. And I just think that the way last year went offensively for them, they realized they had to be more creative with what they do. And I think there's a chance we see we see them do a lot of different things this year, which should you know. Result in some big numbers for some guys outside of the main
4: one. Luke Johnson covers the Saints for NOLA.com, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line right now. Uh, maybe I'm looking in the wrong places, but I have not really seen much about Taysom Hill entering this season. And uh, is that just because I'm looking in the wrong, the aforementioned wrong places, or uh, what, what kind of a role can we expect from him? You know, an offseason uh, without Taysom hype.
5: You know, I would expect it to be very similar from what uh, from what we have seen from him. You know, I think they they do this weird thing where, you know, they spend a, the entirety of training camp when they're like, you know, we're going to put him at tight end and you know, the only thing he's going to do basically is is catch passes and block. And then, you know, once the season starts, he's kind of going right back into what he normally does, which is, you know, lining up under center or, you know, taking shotgun snaps and being their, their running quarterback. I mean, I'd be really surprised if, if the the main job for Taysom Hill involves him catching you know, 30 passes this year, right? I think he's going guy who, who just, like, changes the kind of the math for the defense and they are forced to defend an 11th player. Um, and, you know, I, I think you know, we, we heard Dennis Allen reference this this offseason um, that, you know, they've they figured out exactly what they're supposed to do with him. Um and that's not to not to try to use him as like a standard player and just to take advantage of the special skills that he has and kind of use them all over the field. So that was that would be my my guess for what happens. But you know, of course, decent chance that week one lines up and he just runs like 15 snaps at tight end and gets three targets and that's the end of it. So we'll we'll actually see what happens once the game once the game actually happens.
4: Luke, thank you so much for your time. Uh, always good catching up and have you want to talk about some Saints? He's by Luke Johnson on. X or whatever it is now on Twitter on X by Luke Johnson. Thanks for your time, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Yep, my pleasure. Talk to you later. Luke Johnson joined us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with
2: the How dare you call it X? It is Twitter. Don't, Twitter. don't do that. It's always Twitter until I die.
4: Uh, if you were looking for the then fantasy advice, want. I know he was cutting in and out there, but he's talking about Juwan Johnson, a, a little known tight end who has had uh, apparently an incredible camp. He looked good in the preseason. He flashed a a lot last year, but he's going to be a much bigger focal point, especially now that Troutman's gone, of this offense. And so that's a a really good late fantasy pickup is what he was saying there. He's
2: one of my favorite things to do there. A big college wide receiver that you turn into a tight end, they tend to pan out for, for whatever reason, so. I, the Taysom Hill stuff, I took Taysom in my fantasy draft, and I, that 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 my whole thought process was, I remember we were in the draft, I was like, hey, uh, if a tight end throws a pass, do I get points? And the commissioner said yes, and I was like, guess what time it Taysom is? Taysom Hill. It's Taysom
4: time.
2: <laughs> so we'll see how uh, that goes for me.
4: Well, uh, we'll turn the conversation to college football, and I promise not attendance. we got a, a question about a game upcoming this weekend. We'll talk about that. And then we'll get into a little bit more of Old Miss, Tulane, Mississippi State, Arizona as the afternoon goes on. A college football on this day as well that I just love that I can't wait to show you as well. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Don't go anywhere.
3: Hey, guys. What,
0: happened? what the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi.
4: We got a text earlier that I want to answer because why not? It's uh, not just Mississippi State, Arizona, Ole Miss, Tulane, and Southern Miss, Florida State this weekend. There are other college football games that our audience wants to hear us talk about. We got a text earlier asking, and I love the caveat. What a nice guy this is. I already know you're a good guy based on how you frame the text. He said, I know you're Sports Talk Mississippi, but can you give me some thoughts on Alabama, Texas? So, hey, Dad, big game this weekend. Don't know what we've gotten Milrow yet at quarterback. College Game Day, all the pomp and circumstance. Texas at Alabama. What do you think?
2: You know, last year I think I mentioned this. Last year I thought this was going to be a walk in the park for uh, for Alabama, right? I, I thought I think I predicted like forty two to ten. I mean, I was just all over, Bama, not only winning this game but dominating it, and that didn't happen. And so it leads me to believe that that Saban is, I mean, no coach learns from his mistakes more than, than Nick Saban does. So I feel like he'll be ready. Uh, this game is in Tuscaloosa. And I like Milrow. I feel like I'm getting the Jalen Hurts vibes with Milrow. I'm getting the, uh, you know, ah, well, you know, they could get this other guy, and he's a better, blah, blah, blah. And, and all this guy is going to do is win games. You can you can kind of feel it coming. And and to get that mobility, you know, that's what you need these days, and especially in that offense. So, I like Texas. I think they. I, I picked them to be a playoff team. This might be the only game they lose all year, but I think they're going. I think Alabama's going to win. You know, I'm not going to say 42 to 10 again, but you know, something like 38, 28, or something like that. I, 10 points plus, I could definitely see that.
4: It's such a prove it game for uh, for for both sides here. Uh, I mean, Alabama's doing this redemption tour thing. I saw a uh, sports talk show in Alabama, tweet a picture. They're doing a remote today, and on the table was a, a graphic made that had an Alabama player that said, Redemption Tour 2023. It's like, they won, a, they won 11 games last year. What are they redeeming? But anyway, uh, loses both coordinators, loses a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback, the best defender in college football, yeah, like yet yeah, you lose so much. And because of what happened last year, and not that they dared win the Sugar Bowl instead of a playoff game last year, but they did feel and look really human. They could have gone 7-5, and five, honestly, just as much as they could have gone undefeated, in fairness. Mm-hmm. But we're going to see if, if it's true that maybe Nick Saban is losing that fastball. Maybe they are coming down to earth as a program. We're, we're going to see that. We're going to find out really early with them, and we're going to find out Saturday. And on the same token, it's Texas. We're going to find out if Quinn Ewers is actually like a first-round pick-caliber quarterback like some people think that he is. There is no excuse for Texas at this stage under a coach to not be competitive with the best in college football. Will they be? Because they weren't last year. Will they be now? And then, oh, by the way, they're joining this league next year. Texas is back. Texas is back. This roster this time is actually good, and Sark's got it figured out. And okay. Prove it to me. Prove it to me on Saturday night in Tuscaloosa because if you think you're the program that you are, even though you haven't won a conference championship since 2009, you go to Tuscaloosa and win. If you think you are what you are, you go to Tuscaloosa and win.
2: I mean, that's... Yeah. It's not like Tuscaloosa... Has been impenetrable, right? There have been teams to go over there and win in the last. I mean, Ole Miss has done it, uh, LSU has done it, uh, Auburn has done it, obviously. Yeah, Texas. Yeah, the I, the gap between Texas and Alabama is not so great that they can't win this game. I thought it was last year, and I was way off on that one. So, um, one of our texters says he thinks it's going to be a defensive battle that I just don't see. And the college football at the, the the elite teams, they can score each other. Think think about how much talent Georgia and Ohio State have between them. What was the score of that game last year? Was it 41-38, something, something like that? Like I mean, that. it was just yeah, they they, they they're going to score. They're just the, the players on offense are just too good nowadays. They're just too good. You can't out scheme them. And everybody's putting their best athletes on offense now. They've gotten away from putting them on defense. I just think it's going to be a a a shootout.
4: Bobby says, I agree. Saban learns from his mistakes, but he's doing it with a much different team, at least at key positions and both coordinators. Jeff has a joke. He yeah. said, how is the writer's strike going to affect the NFL this year? Hardy har-har. Oh, har. <laughs> uh, yeah. man. Robert, we appreciate you listening, my friend. He said, Alabama 24, Texas 11. Just feel like That's it's going to be a about, defensive yeah. battle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. I, uh, I hear you. Um, oh, he's in, he's in Texas. All right. Appreciate uh, appreciate you listening. Um, get this question. So how is it that Georgia got to cancel their game with Oklahoma, but Alabama didn't have to cancel their game with Texas? Because Georgia-Oklahoma was a home-and-home home that started, started this year.
2: Correct. Alabama had already played the game at Texas, so they let them finish that out. And, of course, Alabama doesn't play Texas next year. They, they gave them Oklahoma.
4: Then I agree with you. He said Texas is not ready for the SEC, in his opinion. I agree. I do not think that they are. Uh, let's turn the page because we got this question from Dwayne. Uh, if State starts out like they did last Saturday, Dwayne asks, can they beat Arizona?
2: Well, sure, they can, but it'll be, it'll be tougher. I mean, Arizona is a team that can take advantage of a slow start by Mississippi State. They'll put points on the board. You know, if state goes three and out the first, you know, two drives, or and then you know, gets a field goal. Could very easily be seven to three, or ten to three, or or, or worse. You know, Arizona a, a good enough football team to take advantage of, of good field position, turnovers, things like that. So, yeah, state needs to come out of the blocks quickly on Saturday.
4: Yeah, Zach Arnett wasn't lying, by the way, and of course not, but he he wasn't wrong about Arizona and the explosive plays. It is what they do, and so that that's such a big factor. In this game, is explosive plays on both sides. Mississippi State is going to have to find a way uh, to to limit Jaden Delora, and they did it a year ago. Now he got better as the year went on, but but still, he's not a runner. Our guest yesterday that covers Arizona is right. Now, don't confuse not a runner with not athletic. He is super athletic, but he's not he's not. A guy that plays quarterback that runs and then throws it sometimes. He is a true quarterback that happens to be very, very athletic. And so a key for State is keeping him within the pocket. And when you get your opportunities to bring him down, you have to. Because if if he escapes the pocket, he's so good at keeping his eyes downfield, that's a recipe for explosive plays, especially with your relatively inexperienced back end of your defense. Now you think you've got talent there. You know you've got talent there. But... (laughs) In and on the other side, you can really put a game away early, breaking news more to eleven. this is why I get paid the big bucks, if you hit your big plays. And so when those opportunities come, because I think they're going to be there for Will Rogers and those receivers, you have to make those connections, though. Even last week, yeah. missed a couple of throws where you think, you know, when you're playing better teams, you, th- Those are you, you got to make those connections. Passes. And if he can do that, you can put Arizona away early uh, on Saturday. Those opportunities are going to be there for him. And I'm excited to see the full complement of Kevin Barbe's offense. I mean, same thing applies with, with Pete Golding in, in the defense for Ole Miss last week. They were kind of messing around. They didn't have to try because they knew the result. I'm not saying that Kevin Barbe didn't, quote unquote, try. But if you think that that was the full complement of what he and that offense can do, you are insane. I'm excited to actually see them have to scheme up somebody a little bit and really see what that offense actually is capable of at Mississippi State because we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, we got a little glimpse of a little bit different. That's not what they can do, though. Yes, but I will tell you this.
2: I think State's big plays on Saturday may come from the running game specifically from, from Mike Wright, obviously. you know I think he can get loose on a run for sure. But the one thing about the big plays, if State's going to hit him in the passing game or State's going to try him in the passing game, you got to hit one in this week. You didn't hit any last week. you got to give Rodgers that confidence that he can put that ball over the top and, and get, get somebody down the field because you're going to really need that in these next three games. So, yeah, I said last week I really thought that the first play of the game they should have just been like, let's four verts and let's go. I wouldn't be against that either this week. Let's just take a shot right off the top and see what happens. But I think that the running game is going to be the key for Mississippi State. And then the other side of that, what you were talking about defensively, if you go back and watch the game a year ago, Delora could have had a lot of rushing yards, but he didn't take them. I think this year they're going to they're going to talk about that and be like, look, if you break containment and it's there, just go. Just get four or five yards and let's keep the chains moving. State's going to have to find a way to slow him down, and that's going to be a good practice because they got another mobile quarterback, a big-time mobile quarterback, coming to them next week, and then two weeks after that with Alabama, they've got to start doing, playing better against mobile quarterbacks. Yeah.
4: And speaking of uh, mobile quarterbacks, Arizona would be smart to tell them to slide late because uh, apparently, with the way the game's being officiated now, quarterbacks can slide whenever they want, and they'll still get a 15-yard penalty. It, it is. It was ridiculous yeah. in the opening weekend. Uh, something to keep an eye on. But more of your texts have come in on this. We'll keep talking. State Arizona, Old Miss, Tulane, your texts when we come back. I promise this on this day. We're going to get to it, I swear. But uh, good energy, good back and forth on the text line, so we'll keep on this. And here's a a little hint on what it is. We don't want any cats around here. Be a dog. We'll be right All back. Right.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi.
4: All right, we love classic press conferences. On this day in 2007, a legendary, not, not really a legendary coach, although David Bennett uh, was good in his time at Coastal Carolina, but he is mostly only remembered for this.
3: Trying to get our two boys ready to carry them to the golf tournament full Pratt's right? Twelve cats live across the road. Our door's open. Screen's broke. We need to get a new screen door, but the screen's broke, so you can come in through the screen, but you can't get back out of it. I turn and look, there's a little kitty cat in our, in our kitchen. So I said, what are you doing in here, little kitty cat? By that time, the cat turns, tries to get back out. That screen won't go that way. The cat starts going, meow, meow, all crazy. And I told our players, we need more dogs. Bo's barking in the back, I have to go shut Bo up. Mel's like, what's going on? I said, "It's a cat in the house. Cat in the house? I said, yeah, there's a cat in the house. So I told our players, I tried to let it out the front door. Meow, meow, the cat's still going crazy in there. And I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here meow, looking in the mirror. I look good. I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes. On. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs.
2: <laughs> my favorite part of that is, for my wife, cats in the house. Cats in
4: the house? <laughs> just like cracks me up every time. He was good at his time. I don't time know why. At, it's just like, at uh, he was 63 and 17 there, and then went uh, 63 and 39 at Coastal Carolina. Ended his career at the the high school ranks, uh, no longer uh, coaching. Still hanging out in uh, in Upstate South Carolina somewhere, apparently. But uh, but yeah, he's uh, the athletic director now at Lexington School District in Lexington, South Carolina. So David Bennett, everybody, it's good stuff. Really, uh, really good stuff. Oh.
2: I follow an MSU history account, and uh, they tweeted today that on this day in 2013, uh, Mississippi State flipped a baseball commitment from Alabama. I know this one. Do
4: you? It's Jake Mangum. It's Jake Mangum, yeah. I mean, the, think about the history. If he sticks with How that different commitment.
2: is, yeah, how different is Everything. I have no idea what the answer is, but it feels like it would be really, really
4: different. And what's the reaction, I wonder, or what was the reaction, I wonder, in hindsight, when that happened? Probably just like, oh, cool, okay. Well, yeah, like, great. Yeah, nobody cared.
2: I mean, because you think about it, in 2013, he would have been a ninth grader, tenth grader. Yeah, you know, he's a, his freshman year was 2016. So maybe a junior, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. At the time, you're just like, oh, good pickup for Cohen. You know. Yeah. By the way, that was one that that was what five baseball coaches ago, something like that. Wow. Yeah, that's true. What Cohen, Cohen, Canizero, four, I guess. Four, Cohen, Cannizzaro, Henderson, and and
4: now Lamonas. So yeah. In in ten years. In short order. Anyway, uh, yeah. how will on the text line? How will Mississippi State and Ole Miss fans feel about their position in the West with an Alabama loss? That's Daryl. And Brookhaven, appreciate you, Daryl. I think, look, it's still a tall task. Because if we're being honest, Alabama and LSU have, in terms of raw talent on paper, deeper rosters than Ole Miss and Mississippi State. They, they do. They just do. So does Texas a and But if Alabama happens to lose to Texas this weekend and they don't look good at it, the West will feel as wide, three-letter word open as it's felt in quite some time. And I mean wide open for... Accessible for everybody. Not just wide open between two teams at the top.
2: I feel... I mean, first off, you've got to remember that I picked LSU to win the West. And I also picked LSU to lose to Florida State. So, I'm good. I'm good on my prediction. If Alabama loses to Texas, I mean, this is... I think this is a good Texas team. I predicted them to go to the playoff this year. So... I'm not going to be shocked, draw on the floor if, if Texas wins. Um, but Alabama is still far more talented than Mississippi State and Ole Miss. And Ole Miss has to go to Tuscaloosa on top of that. So, yeah. yeah, it doesn't really do anything for me, to be honest. I mean, I'll put it this way. Last year when Alabama just barely beat them, it's not like I walked away from that going, wow, I think State and Ole Miss really have a chance with Alabama this year.
4: Chris Madison says, What's the latest on realignment of the West and the East in the SEC next year with Texas and Oklahoma coming in? Very simple answer. They won't exist anymore.
2: They don't. The West and the East are
4: gone. No more divisions. So while they maintain the eight-game conference schedule, uh, which will quickly go to nine, but for now, next year, and I guess technically moving forward, but it's only going to last one year, uh, you have one permanent opponent and seven rotating opponents. So Ole Miss and Mississippi State will play each other. And the rest of the schedule is filled out. I, I think they used like an algorithm. And so the theory is you will play at home and on the road of every team in the league at least twice in a four-year period. So that's why they did that. And, and how they determine who goes to the SEC Championship? The two best records. If there's three teams with the same record, they go to head to head tiebreakers, stuff like that, just like they do in the NFL and basically, you know, every other sport. So yeah, divisions are gone. Enjoy them while they last, because divisions are gone uh next year. David says book yeah, real it. quick go ahead. Real quick NFL
2: note, uh Travis Kelsey out tonight versus the Lions. That Love the fun. Lions.
4: Love it. They're gonna lose now that I said that though. Don't no, if, if I say I love the Lions, guys. Don't go to the sports book at Timeout Lounge and and follow my bets. Go to the sports book at Timeout Lounge. No, Place no. some bets. Don't follow. Don't don't follow our advice though. Don't follow our uh, our advice. David says, "Book it." Mike Wright has a touchdown pass against LSU. Okay, against LSU. They said LSU. Okay, We'll see. I, I do think that uh, back to the. Barbet didn't show us everything, the more I think about it, that is not Kevin Barbet's only use of Mike Wright. There's no way. There's absolutely no, no way. No, no. He's going to throw the football at some point. He's going to do more at some point. And uh, what? my biggest state fan friend, I guess I upset him because he thinks that I'm trying to like push Will Rogers out of the job. That is not at all what I am advocating for. I want Mike Wright to have a similar role to Taysom Hill, honestly. Similar, they Taysom Hill will run you over. Mike Wright will run around you and faster than you. But that that kind mm-hmm. of role in the offense defined a part of it touches consistently, not the quarterback.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't. At the same time, I don't think you'll see like Taysom Hill lined up to or Mike Wright lined up as a tight end to block. Right. Yeah. Which Taysom Hill will be from time to time. So. The one thing they've got to do this week, because they didn't do this, you know, they did in the fourth quarter when Mike Wright took over for for uh, for Will Rogers. But you've got to have plays where Mike Wright's on the field, where Mike Wright doesn't get the ball. Yeah, you got to have a play where he hands off to Jaquavius Marks. You, you got to let him do it a couple. I mean, I understand they're running an option, but you got to also put him in a situation where it's just a handoff, just so you can show that look. So that if they're all, you know, you show that look, and, and everybody crashes down on him, and then Marks has some room to work with there. And of course, they need to let him throw a pass. You know, they're gonna have they're gonna have to show that he can do it. So,
4: and we do have a sample size that says that he can do it now. Yeah, he was, he was not great at it, but it's not like he's the guy from. I said this earlier on a podcast. It's not like he's the guy from the longest yard who can't throw the ball at all and blames. Uh, eating popcorn earlier for why the ball slipped out of his hands? He's not that guy. Like, like he he can actually throw the football accurately to receivers at right. this level. Like he he can do that. It's just not his strength. Uh, CC thinks Arizona would have a chance in this game if it were in Tucson, but since since it's in Starkville, he thinks no shot.
2: Didn't have much of a chance last year. I mean, state won by twenty-two.
4: It's a good question. Texas is not ready for the but, SEC, or to say Texas is not ready for the SEC. What do you feel like their record would be if they had the identical schedule of Mississippi State?
2: Probably similar to State. What I think State's record is going to be. They would lose to Alabama and LSU. Um, boy, I have them losing to A and M in that in that scenario. Um, and then you know South Carolina. I gotta I gotta see how South Carolina bounces back against the mighty Paladins this weekend.
4: Upset alert. Um, that line's only I mean, twenty four. By the way, it's only twenty four.
2: I mean, that's not good. That's not good. They can't block anybody. But, I mean, something like 8-4, and 9-3 sounds about right. I think they would think lose so. to Alabama and LSU, and they'd lose a, they'd lose another one and maybe two.
4: I mean, they might lose to A&M. We had somebody ask us earlier who in the SEC would we compare Texas to, and my answer was honestly Texas A&M. Yeah. All the money in the they world a, in that state, underachiever.
2: A talented underachiever. So A&M is a good example uh tennessee prior to this past couple of years Flor they're not as bad as florida but florida has talent schools like that
4: uh what was better that coastal carolina be a dog rant or mike gundy's i'm a man i'm 40 i like the dog rant better because he wasn't it's, it's chastising a reporter
2: right speaking of that did you see this nick saban thing from yesterday he apologized Apologize to it. Well, he didn't actually. Okay, he, the words "I'm sorry" never came out of his right. mouth, but he did have. So, if you missed this, uh, a reporter asked him a question. On well, I guess we'll we'll talk about it when we come back. But long story short, Saban made
4: good with a reporter, which you don't used to. You're not used to seeing. Lane Kiffin certainly hasn't. He tweeted about it. Celine Dion loosening up. Nick Saban being uh, his new neighbor. Of course,
0: off, that was a mean thing to re- say.
3: We'll be back. Okay, what we do next? Keep
0: it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Michael Borkies, Brian Haydad.
4: Great to be with you on this Thursday afternoon at Sports Talk Mississippi. And... I didn't know that there was a rumor about us, Hayda, that we had to uh, address, but it's Richard's fault with the way he worded a bunch of tweets over the weekend and him not being here (laughs) as often as he's not here can cause some confusion. No, Richard has not. I don't know where this this, – well, I know where it came from because Richard tweeted a bunch of stuff on Saturday and people have short attention spans. And when you do a five-tweet thread, people get to one and a half and they're like, all right, I'm done. I don't care that much. Uh, whatever rumor is out there about Richard leaving the show is com- is just not accurate. He's off today not because of his duties with ESPN. He's just off today. Um No, we're we're proud well, of it's him. Well, part of his duty.
2: And he, he's traveling today, right? He, I mean, he had to go all the way to Syracuse. So it's not I, like he could drive. So
4: I don't think so. I don't know. I, I I don't need to reveal much about his life, but I I think I think the travel day is tomorrow morning. He'll be with us tomorrow from I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't I I he think, think he told me something to either way. It doesn't matter. Um, we are awfully proud of him getting weekly assignments with ESPN. Those assignments have not taken him away from this show. Unfortunately, they've taken him away from doing the sidelines on the radio for Ole Miss football. That's what he was saying goodbye to. Um, it's He, in effect, got a promotion from ESPN to call games, football games regularly every weekend. And so he was saying goodbye to Ole Miss football radio, not this radio show. So, again, he, he could have worded the tweets better than he did. But, no, he's, he was just uh, waxing uh, poetic, and rightfully so, about not doing that job that he's had for a long time there, uh, doing uh, radio with, uh, with Kellum and Harry. So that's all that was. He's, we're stuck with him. I thought it
2: I thought it was really nice what David Kellum said when I asked, you, "Like, what do you think about Richard Cross not being on the on the thing anymore?" and and, and D- David was really sincere when he said, "Who?"
3: <laughs> 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 that
4: uh, that got me. That uh, that actually. There you got go. Me.
3: There you go.
4: God. Uh, Lucas, I agree with you. He said, don't be shocked if Cal beats Auburn and Illinois beats Kansas. Both are underdogs. There's
2: some, there's some smoke around Cal and Auburn. I think Ralph Russo today, yeah, he, he does a thing where he, he predicts games between teams that aren't ranked. And he took Cal to win. And I was just like, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I, what's funny about it is I really think Auburn's going to win, like, easily. But there's just a little bit of, uh, there's like a wisp of smoke around it, you know?
4: You, you know how sometimes life just works out in funny ways? Um Ole Miss played at Cal after he resigned, a.k.a. Yeah. got fired. And Matt Luke had yeah. to take a team to Cal, and they got beat that night. That should have been a Hugh Freeze loss. And that season would have gone much, yeah. work, much worse if not for Matt Luke. He, he, to his everlasting credit, you know, criticized making him the permanent head coach. I said at the time it shouldn't happen and it shouldn't have happened. However, that season was going to be a disaster if not for Matt Luke. But that should have been Hugh Freeze's loss. And so maybe after all this time, he goes to Cal late, late, late on an early Saturday night and loses like he should have back in 2017. Yeah. Poetry Could in a be. way. Karma. That strikes us all. Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, is karma. Lee, this is actually interesting. And, and you know, the, with the way things are trending, maybe you're right. He said it's not a foregone conclusion that the SEC goes to a nine game schedule, they will only move to nine. You are right about this. If ESPN pays more money, ESPN is hurting financially. Not on the live sports side, but still. And just committed to an additional $74 million to the ACC. They also want to retain the NBA, and they're going to have to pay like triple for that. uh, Hoping to renew the college football playoff rights, I don't think they will offer the SEC enough to make it worth it. That is a possibility, for sure. ESPN is losing money, though, on the programming side. They're not losing money on the live sports side. Live sports still do well, and they're extremely profitable. It's all the other crap that they're failing at.
2: But the, the truth of the matter is nobody does anything without money being involved. So if, if the money's not right for the SEC, you're right. There'll be eight games make Speaking of schedules, I guess – well, wait a minute here. Uh, somebody asked us about this last week. We're coming up on the date from a year ago where they released the full schedules for the 2023 season. So I'm going to expect next week and if not that the week after that for sure we will get our full 2024 schedules we'll have all our dates for uh, for all the conference games.
4: Yeah. Awesome.
2: So that's coming up too. I, that's exciting. That's you know what that is. That's a free content item for us. That's that's two possibly three segments where we don't have to we didn't have to think of a thing. Nothing. They just gave it to us.
4: Yep. Love that, uh, making the day easier. We get this message. I can see Cal winning. I remember that Ole Miss game over there. Yeah, brutal night for Phil Longo's uh, offense there um, in uh, in Berkeley. We talked a lot about Mississippi State Arizona. Let's uh, let's circle back to Ole Miss Tulane uh, when we come back for the college football fix. Right, I know. Gosh, dang it.
2: Circle back is a perfectly good phrase, it and it's—it's
4: it's been cr- people. You can't do it now. Ruined college football fix. Ole Miss Tulane. When we come back. I'm gonna
3: tell if Communication system is a go. Go.
0: This. This is. Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly.
4: a lot of fun so far today. Hope you guys have as well. It's Sports Talk Mississippi on a Thursday afternoon. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydack. Can you ready for football this weekend? If you missed earlier in the show, we did spend a good bit of time talking about Mississippi State, Arizona earlier. If you missed that or our conversation with Luke Johnson about the Saints, NFL getting started tonight, any of that, this show is available for you commercial-free wherever you get your podcast. Just search Sports Talk Mississippi wherever you get them. And uh, subscribe, and if you like what you hear, leave a rating and a review. If you want Mississippi State only, Thunder and Lightning, if you want Ole Miss only, Rebel Report, if you want Southern Miss only, Eagle Hour, and you know the entire Super Talk network of shows uh, has a podcast. So if you like Gallo, but you're not up at 6 a.m. and you want to hear the early hour, Gallo's on there too. Just uh, search for him. So Sports Talk Mississippi podcast available for you. We're going to turn the page... And circle back to Ole Miss Tulane for the college football fix. Circle back to your local Mississippi Ford dealer and turn the page on your truck. I'm kidding. No, the F-150, best-selling truck in America for almost five decades. I know you're going to be watching your football this weekend, but, hey, our teams get started a little bit later. So wake up. Go to your local Mississippi Ford dealer test drive an F-150. fifty. has got a nice new blue one. It looks really good. Honestly, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of his new truck because it's a Ford, and it's an F-150. I want it myself, but he drove it off the lot before I could.
2: Maybe, you know, it won't be long before it needs to be washed, and he'll go get a new one. It did rain last night. And then you can go get it. Then you can get it used.
4: (laughs) Oh, man. Richard literally supplies... Uh, the local Ford dealerships with used trucks. I mean, it's just, he's the inventory. You sell it to him and give it back. But there's a reason he loves Ford trucks so much. They are uh, the best. Test drive one today. So, talk Mississippi State, Arizona. Ole Miss, Lane, different story. On the road. Yulman Stadium, sold out Yulman, uh, by the way. There's fewer than 1,000 ticket, tickets available, even on the secondary markets. The The people down there, are really jacked up for this game. What I'm trying to wrap my head around, though, is why you know people think that matters. And here's what I mean by that. Kind of said it yesterday, so forgive me if I'm being repetitive. But one, my guess is around a third of the stadium is going to be wearing red anyway. Ole Miss fans are are yeah. just going to be in New Orleans in droves. It's it's what they do. But if your concern as a fan, or even you know, as a coach or a player, is, oh man, those people are really excited about that game. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a hornet's nest down there. You have road games coming up in two weeks in Tuscaloosa. You're in Jordan Hare. You're in Sanford Stadium in Athens, and you're in Starkville with the cowbells. So. If Ole Miss is going to be an 8- or 9-win team, like people think that they can be, this should not be a challenge in terms of environment or, frankly, to some degree, even opponent. It shouldn't be that case. So I know they're excited. I had somebody earlier today, or was it yesterday, describe this game as Tulane's 2015 Memphis. And I thought that was a really good comparison because Memphis, at the time, was really feeling themselves... or uh, on a high trajectory as a program, the stadium was packed, and they beat Ole Miss that day. And I remember the, the thought from Memphis people after that was, that's going to turn, in, this win means so much, it's going to turn into something greater. They talked about joining the Big 12, all that stuff, and none of it materialized, and the program actually kind of fell into irrelevancy. But at the time, that was massive. And so it's a similar thing with Tulane down here. But again... If Lane Kiffin's worth $9 million, if Pete Golding's worth two, if Ole Miss is an eight or a nine win team, you go to Yuleman Stadium and you win this game and you do it workmanlike. And if they don't, if they lose, then oh boy. But if, it, if it's 45 42 at the end of this game and it was a struggle and it was constantly back and forth and they couldn't get any stops. And they had to be basically perfect on offense in order to secure this win. They're not what people thought that this team was. And I know it's week two and it's early and all that, but still. If you are as good as you think you are, you win games like this comfortably, regardless of the location.
2: I'm just trying to think of a, of a good example recently of, of State or Ole Miss playing a ranked group of five team. You know, State obviously went to Memphis a couple years ago and lost that game. But, you know... That was a very inconsistent Mississippi State team. They were seven and five. They could have easily been five and seven. They could have easily been uh, nine and three. I mean, that that day that they were just a up and down football team. Memphis was one of their downs. Um, Twenty nineteen State goes to New Orleans in the Superdome and plays Louisiana, and they only win by ten. That was a team they had beaten the year before, forty five to three. So you got a you had an idea that hey, this team's probably not as good as last year's team was. So, yeah, and there's a lot of, what, of truth to what you say. I will say this, you know, and and, and fans of schools like Tulane and, and Memphis, and, and to a degree Southern Mississippi, they don't want to hear this, but th- these are the big games for these programs, right? An SEC team is coming to your stadium. You don't get that every year. They, when they say, that, like, oh, this is their Super Bowl, This is what the, that's what you're talking about right here. So... Tulane is going to have a mindset for this game that Ole Miss will not have. And for Ole Miss, it might become about survival. I think Tulane's a pretty good football team. Now, they're not as good as Ole Miss. They're not, a, they're not an SEC team, but they're a pretty good football team. So I won't take an Ole Miss win that's close as, as, as a sign that it's just going to fall apart for the Rebels or anything like that. I get, I get what you're saying, but I'm not going to be surprised if, if this is still a game in the fourth quarter and Ole Miss just pulls away late
4: yeah and, and now uh, of course the questions loom uh, about Michael Pratt because he i mean he's spectacular he, he is and, and what's so interesting about Michael Pratt and, and how you can beat teams like this is if you can rattle them right you get to them early i don't know if Michael Pratt's rattleable if that's even a word uh, i mean a savvy veteran uh, accurate with the football Prattable. he he's seen a lot already i mean he already has a win over USC the question, though, is health. I mean, how effective can yeah. he be if, he, if he's not healthy? Because he's a good runner as well. I mean, he, he's a pass-first mm-hmm. quarterback, but he's a good athlete, man, and, and he can run.
2: And he, you, you got to feel that like Golding's going to test that early. He's going he to he's going to bring pressure and see what he can do early in this game.
4: Because Tulane's been weird about, and everybody's weird with uh, with injuries. They all are, uh, but. He wasn't seen at the media viewing period at practice. Willie Fritz just really brushed off the question about it. I don't think he had his media opportunity this week as usual, so they're handling this differently, and that kind of tells you uh, what you need to know there. But he is certainly a quarterback that can pick you apart if you let him. Absolutely. So that's why I said yesterday that pass rush is the most important thing for Ole Miss in this game. I think it's, it's priority one. If you can't get to this kid, he will pick you apart he absolutely will. Yeah. So, uh, what a big challenge uh, for this this old miss defense to to kind of prove that they can cuz they couldn't last year. Yeah. Totally different scheme, all that. But that defense last year that couldn't get to the passer had a fourth round pick defensive end on it, Antavius Robinson. And he's gone. He's in Baltimore now. And obviously he made the he was going to make the team with his draft status, but they really liked him. He's going to play for the Ravens. He's yeah. gone. And so It was a team that wasn't good at it last year. Can they generate pass rush, and who does it come from? We didn't get to see what that looks like last week. We have no idea who or what it's going to look like because of what they did with Mercer. We're going to find out, and if they can't do it, it's a problem.
2: And The only path for Tulane to win this game is a shootout. right? Tulane's not going to win this game 21-17 or anything like that. Ole Miss is getting points. That's going to happen. So you know, Tulane has to be able to to go blow for blow with Ole Miss. They have to be able to score. They they need this game. They need this game in the forties. To be to be honest, I mean, in the thirties they might be okay. But I mean, Ole Miss scored seventy three points last week. I know Mercer is terrible, but you know, Southeast Louisiana is terrible. And State only got forty eight. For, Ole Miss offensively is always going to be explosive under Lane Kiffin. So they're getting points. It's just can Tulane get points as well? Mm-hmm.
4: Jeremy says I'm picking a really good two-lane team to beat the rebels I believe Pratt can matriculate the ball down the field uh, shout out mm-hmm. um, Chris Berman on that with no problem if he can do it with no problem then uh, there's some quarterbacks coming up that will as well Dave says this yeah. is a two-lane team that won 10 games last year beat USC in a bowl game you really think it would be an easy win for Ole Miss I think they should win easy I'm not sure right? Look, I know that. I'm not saying an easy win like 48-7, to but I'm talking about if you're kicking a game-winning field goal to win the game, then I am a bit concerned because, again, you have to go to Jordan-Hare. You have to go to Tuscaloosa. You have to play LSU. You have to go to Starkville. You have to play Arkansas. You have to play Texas A&M. I mean, it gets more difficult from here, and this isn't the same Tulane team that won 10 games last year. They lost a ton off of that team. Quarterback remains, coach remains, culture remains, but it's not the same roster that's lining up across uh, from Ole Miss that lined up across from USC. More of your messages. That was the College Football Fix. When we come back, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Don't go anywhere.
0: If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi.
4: Michael Borke's right Brian Haydack. Glad you guys are with us. We'll get back to the text line. A lot of engagement today. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us and being part of the show. Kenny and Wesson says, was told the quarterback, meaning Michael Pratt, was good to go. That's a relative term, I think. Maybe he is. Maybe he's 100%. I am certainly no doctor. He's going to play. I promise you that. But, man, he couldn't take knees on Saturday. He couldn't He couldn't take a knee at the end of the game. He was limping around. And maybe that gets fixed in six days. Possibly it gets fixed with a nice little numbing shot in six days. But they are handling him differently this week. If he was just good to go and nothing's wrong and, buddy, it was just a cramp and he's all good, he'd be talking to media. Coach would be talking. They, they, he's going to play. But it's fair yeah. to question whether or not a guy that, that couldn't, Take a knee is one hundred percent six days later.
2: Yeah, but I am with you. He's yeah, going to play. I am not. So I feel like some Ole Miss fans, and I am not. They're saying they're calling me out or anything, but like I think Ole Miss is going to win this game easily. That my my prediction tomorrow will be Ole Miss give the points, very comfortable win for the Rebels. But I am just saying that both State and Ole Miss are not teams that they just show up play C-plus football and walk out a winner against everybody they play. Ole Miss has to play well. Yes. The thing is, I think Ole Miss will play well.
4: If they don't, they can and and will lose.
2: Tulane can beat them. And the same is true for State Saturday night with Arizona.
4: 100% true. Yes. Somebody says 40-ish to 20-ish is a good score for Ole Miss Tulane. Absolutely. Look, if it's, let's say, 42-21, that's a good win. I mean, a three-touchdown win against that Tulane, that's a good win. I mean,
2: anything- that and that's around that's around what I would predict if you made me give a score. am yeah. like 45-24, something like that. It,
4: if I'm not being quick, my concern would be is if they give up a ton of points with little resist. That that's where I'd really be concerned after this game is if they are just letting Pratt and, and his weapons carve you up because he's good, but you're going to see better wide receivers, running backs and offensive line almost every game for the rest of the season. And so if you're offering little resistance, and and I do think over time this defense will get better as they get more familiar with the new system. But if you're getting carved up with little resistance on Saturday, what the heck? I know LSU looked bad against Florida State, but what the heck do you think LSU is going to do to you? What what do you think Alabama is going to do to you? And those are games that at least... The coaching staff at Ole Miss, you, you can roll your eyes at, at this if, if you want. They think they can win those games. Mm-hmm. And not like the any given Sunday thing. I mean, they, they actually think that when LSU comes to Oxford, they should win. Like, truly, actually believe that. Not if Tulane's carving you up, though.
2: Right. Yeah, there's no question about that. These game, these games, and same thing, again, same thing for Mississippi State. If Arizona's moving the ball up and down the field, or even worse, if you know, on the other side of the ball, if Arizona is getting pressure on Will Rogers and they're stuffing State at the line of scrimmage on running plays, how are you going to beat LSU? How are you going to beat Alabama? How are you going to beat Texas A&M? You know, those are those are tough. Those are, that's that's the question you have to ask. So these are these are not gimme games for either school. They are not games that they can just show up, get off the bus, and walk out and win. They have to play well. But if they don't play well, it's it's a huge huge indictment of them going forward. Yeah,
4: Blake, sister, so you're saying lay the seven point five with the Rebs, Borky. Please don't bet on on my behalf. Please, please don't. I think that I think that, I do think that's a safe bet. though. If I was betting on the game, that's what I would do. However, that is not me telling you to do it. I don't want to be responsible for your money, your hard earned money, and I am often wrong. Like, I'm wrong a lot. It, I, I ask hey Dad next time I see him about what he gets because of me being wrong. So, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it happens. Southern Miss fan says, The guy picking Tulane is watching too many podcasts. I hear you. Tim says, If old Miss has trouble with Tulane, then as you said, without saying, Michael, we are, he says, uh, we, being old Miss, are, are screwed is what he says. Um. Tim says Tulane also beat Kansas State last year. They did and lost to Southern Miss who didn't have a quarterback in UCF. It's all relative.
2: Yeah. And yeah. It, it, I mean, the other thing to remember about this, people, and it's tough to get around, but like, what happened last year has no bearing on anything. No. And that's not the same Tulane team. This is not the same Ole Miss team. It's not. So... Now you could say, "Okay, this two team is worse than the team last year, which lost to USM." Okay, if you want to make that comparison, I'll, I'll give you that. But the fact that they beat USC last year is irrelevant to me. Yeah, you know, I guess it means yeah. that they're not scared. They I get be, that but they're, they're they not going to be scared, scared to Ole Miss they're, at all. They're playing at home. They're 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 not they're not worried about that.
4: And this is a good point too we get here on the text line. Tulane got 5 turnovers against South Alabama and only won 37-17. And one of those touchdowns was a, was right. really late. So I don't want to hear this should be a close game. Yeah, I think it was so it was 5 turnovers as you said and I believe 7 of Tulane's possessions started on their own 43 or better and 5 of those 7 were in South Alabama territory.
2: So, yeah. If you get 5 turnovers, you should win by like easily 40 points
4: should win a lot of yeah yes and so that that's a key thing for old miss though is like if you're jackson dart i don't think this is a game where you have to take a whole lot of risks either just distribute the football if it's not there it's not there you 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 take more risks when you're playing alabama and tuscaloosa i think that that's a game where if he throws a pick or two then you know you you live with that because you're trying to elevate to your opponent in this one Seeing how South Alabama lost last week and what they did, if you protect the football, your circumstances will be dramatically different. Again, more at 11, breaking news, don't turn the football over and you have a better chance at winning games. Ladies and gentlemen, it's why I get paid the big bucks. Okay, Analysis like that. You should be the coach. I should. Lane Kiffin needs to, uh, to hire me. What's the line on the game? Seven and a half. It opened uh, lesser than that and uh, all the money early anyway went in favor of Ole Miss.
2: Not surprising.
4: Tyler says, uh, Tyler follows me on Twitter clearly. He said, send me that cash app and I'll be happy to pay you $5 if South Carolina loses to Furman. Yeah, I said on Twitter earlier that uh, all of you owe me $5 if Furman beats South Carolina this weekend. So I, I don't owe you five dollars for for the many the thousands upon thousands of you out there listening to this. If Furman beats South mm-hmm. Carolina, you owe me five dollars.
2: I, I am not going to give you five dollars just just for the just a heads up.
4: Can I just dream about that for a second though? It's not going to happen. It's not.
2: Well, but I can mean, I dream about. That are happening? we do are we due for an FCS SEC? When's Didn't the last happen last
4: one? weekend. No FCS team no, beat an FBS team last weekend.
2: Did, did, did no FCS team beat an SEC team last year. Two years ago, one beat Vanderbilt. East Tennessee State That's beat right. Vanderbilt. I'm trying to think. You know, for state, the last FCS loss was was 04. For Ole Miss, it
4: was 10. Jacksonville State. I'm just trying to think. Are we? Are we? Do one. We're doing Furman's got a veteran quarterback. They run a kind of a funky offense, that shotgun triple yeah. option thing. Yeah. Can I just
2: just they, they, need, they need a grad transfer this week? They need uh they need Mason Smith to transfer to them for this was this one week. Get a waiver.
4: The amount of text messages and phone calls that I would make and send if Furman beats South Carolina. My phone battery, I'm going to make sure it's charged during that game, and if Furman wins that game, I will lose 100% battery in 30 minutes because it will just be (laughs) nothing but phone calls and hang up and phone call and hang up and phone call and hang up, and I will lose all of my high school friends. I will lose them all because I did the same thing with Clemson-Duke the other night. I sent a lot of text messages that night.
2: Will you text Billy Napier and be like,
4: yeah, we did it. Coach? And that's probably where you'll end up again after you get fired from Florida. But uh, he'd win there.
2: Yeah, I feel like he would. I, I, don't, I just don't feel like he's going to win in Florida.
4: But. What about Miami, we get asked from Kyle. Did you see? So if state fans, if you're making fun of the, the two-for-one deal, Miami is struggling to sell tickets to the Texas A&M game. And you can imagine that there's going to be a bunch of Aggies there. The, uh, the ticket deal. For Miami Texas A and M, they're doing buy one get one. If you purchase a ticket for the Texas A and M game, you get a free ticket for the Georgia Tech game. They are they cannot in Mario Cristobal's second game in his second season. They're doing buy one get one tickets to get people to show up for an SEC team coming to town.
2: That's rough. That's rough. But you got to do what you got to do. What else can you do?
4: Nothing. Sell them at Costco. Yeah. Yeah. Get a brisket and tickets to the game on Saturday.
2: A little one stop shop. That's Miami. You you, want to get a pork butt. That's how you make your Cubanos. That's
4: right. Great sandwich. One of the best. Sports Talk Mississippi on this Thursday. We'll get to a few more of your messages and uh, some other college football stuff when we come back in the Pearl River Resort studio.
0: Super Talk
3: Mississippi.
4: Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you by Genteel Apparel. Haydad's got a nice new Genteel shirt on right now. Looks great. All right. The official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi, genteelapparel.com. They've got uh, the collegiate collection, so if you're looking for a game day polo, that's where you can get it. Ladies and gentlemen, they are so comfortable, and the pants especially are comfortable. For that fall weather that we have where it's like it's not hot, but it's not cold, but if you dress like it's cold, you're going to get hot. But if you dress like it's hot, you're going to get cold. Their pants, I've got a pair of them on right now, are perfect for that weather that we're going to get like all through October, maybe early November. genteelapparel.com We got this question from Clint in Greenville, and Clint, forgive me for answering this way because I think that you like what you like. I like Led Zeppelin. Well, that's a bad example because all of you should like Led Zeppelin. If you don't, there's something wrong with you, but... I watched the Dungeons & Dragons movie last night, and I really enjoyed it. It was really good. But that's not for everybody. Everybody has different music tastes. Some football coaches like Taylor Swift. Some like uh, Luke Bryan. You know, everybody's got different tastes, and to each their own. I, I like the NBA. A lot of you guys don't. But Clint says, Why is Tulane wearing powder blue this weekend? My gosh, it's terrible. If you can look at Tulane's uniforms, the ones that they are wearing this weekend, and think that that is a terrible look, there's something wrong with you. Those are beautiful uniforms that they're going to wear this weekend. White tops, powder blue, or white helmets, powder blue tops, white pants with the, the the green accent on all of it. It looks phenomenal.
2: They're one of the better uniforms in college football. And the helmet is uh, is outstanding as well, with the angry wave on there.
4: Forgive the stupid question, but I ask them a lot, so it's okay, I guess. Um, no such thing as stupid questions. Just Only stupid people. And hand up over here. Uh, they're not going to, I don't think. Ole Miss wearing red in this game would have been a great uniform matchup. I don't think they are. Yeah. Would Would that be tough as a quarterback to see if if you're wearing? White and white, so white jersey and white pants. And your opponent is wearing a white helmet and very light blue jersey and white pants. Doesn't that, like, don't they kind of look the same in that? I
2: think the helmet helps out. And I would expect Ole Miss to wear the dark blue helmets just to catch some clash. Somebody, I think in your mention, said Ole Miss should wear all white. You should not wear all white if the other team is wearing a white helmet. You want to You want to be able
4: to give your quarterback a little bit of help there.
2: Yeah, for sure.
4: You know, it's going to be funny now that you said that. They're going to be wearing all white. They might,
2: yeah. How they they, they, they normally would announce that? So I guess we'll get it tomorrow. Uh,
4: sometime today, maybe. Although they yeah. they teased me earlier, they did a uh, let's ru- they they put a post that said let's run it back, and it's pictures from mm-hmm. the last time they played Tulane, where they've got a powder helmet and red jersey. And I thought in my head. Oh, they're wearing that uniform. They're doing color versus color, and I don't think that's what that means. Yeah, would uh, I wish
2: would, it? I, that you're you're right. That powder blue versus red would be would be cool.
4: We get this message. I heard they're wearing all white with the sugar bowl helmet. That would be a good look. But man, that's a lot of uh, a lot of white in, in uniform. What on was
2: the oh was the what was the sugar bowl helmet? Was that the, the real tree?
4: No, it was it was white with the red stripe down the middle and powder blue on the side and, and the logo with... Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a good look. Yeah, I, I, I would go powder blue or, or navy blue helmet if I was on this. Maybe they're going light colors for the heat because it's New Orleans, it's September, guess, and it's going to be hot. Yeah. See, th- this is what's wrong with society these days. We get this message, Zeppelin is trash. You, you, you want to point to the downfall mm-hmm. of America... It's not a corrupt politician, which there's a lot of those. It's this guy that thinks Led Zeppelin is trash. That's where we went wrong. When we allowed people like this to have that opinion and not do anything about it. I think you should go right to jail honestly yeah. for sending that message. personally. Yeah. but
2: anyway. I agree, 100 uh, percent.
4: Brian Kelly, LSU head coach, uh, we played the audio for you on Monday, or excuse me on Tuesday, of Brian Kelly at the coach's show, talking about where he said the phrase, now don't get me wrong, we're going to go beat the heck out of Florida State, where he said that on radio, and I played it for you on this radio show. Brian Kelly apparently thinks that you guys don't have a memory or ears or, I don't know. Because Brian Kelly was asked about saying that about Florida State, and here's what he said. Quote, I think you all know me. I'm pretty careful with what I say and how I said it. Never have I been cavalier or disrespectful to an opponent in my 33 years. So if somebody wants to prop up a comment and inflate it into something that it's not, that's what social media is about today. I have nothing but the utmost respect for Coach Norvell. I know who the opponent was. It's not in my background or nature to make those kind of comments. End quote.
2: It's on, it's on video. You know what that reminds me of? And I, you may be a little young, but do you remember true Hollywood stories with Charlie Murphy on yes, the Dave Chappelle
4: show? Yes, I do.
2: When, he, when, when, Rick, when Rick James is like, I wouldn't go and, and, and mess up his couch. I got more sense than that. Then he pauses. So, yeah, I messed up his couch. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's, it's like, I wouldn't say that about Florida State. Yeah, I said that about Florida State. I mean, maybe you're right about Brian Kelly. May I? You know what? I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong. Maybe you're right about Brian Kelly. Maybe he is just not a good person. Just because w- it is. Fu- I, I mean, I really wish the person running that interview would be like, all right, well, let's go down to the, our audio. This is our <laughs> clip from Coach Brian Kelly, where you said this. And then get, that's when Brian Kelly would be like, you can tell that's not me, because I would have said, we're going to beat the heck out of Florida State. I talk with an accent. I'm from the
4: South with my family. The the shamelessness in which, and again, th- that's a very political move, because politicians get caught in lies all the time, they just still lie, but like, we have the video and audio, Brian. You said it, man. It's okay. You were at the coaches' show. You had fans there. You were kind of feeling yourself a little bit. People actually like wanted to hear what you had to say, which I can't imagine was a thing that happened very much growing up. And it, You were kind of feeling it a little bit. But I would never. That's not in my nature to say something like that. That's social media today. No, dude, that's you today. You said that. Yeah, and that's okay. It, it you, happens. You said it. It's not that bad. Yeah. It's like uh, uh, Jake Hainer. Who got suspended from the Saints yeah. for the first six games for taking PEDs. And he went with the classic, always believable statement. I have no idea how that substance got in my body. Yeah. Yeah, you, professional That's athlete. That's how I felt about the,
2: that donut I ate. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I just looked
4: up and there was a donut. Does anybody think that excuse will work, ever? Does anybody actually think well, a single uh, person is going like, to believe you when you say... It would work for us. It'll
2: work for us cuz I don't look at the ingredients list. I'm not I'm not a, you know. But yeah, when you're a professional athlete, I know how meticulous those guys are about what goes into their body. And they also obviously have nutritionists and everything else telling them do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that. Yeah, it's it's not feasible that the guy didn't know what he was doing.
4: You've got a team of trainers that works with you. You know the league tests you religiously. All you have to say, man, is just, "Hey, I was trying to get an edge. I screwed up. Yeah. You know, I am a rookie in the NFL, Sorry my teammates I, I, down. I needed yeah. to put on weight and, and I tried to I tried to cheat. My is, you know, though. And nobody they, would care could, if, he you if you did it that way.
2: Could they cut you for cause if you did say that though? Maybe you say you lied so you don't, you know. But they don't want You can't you know, um, If they if they if you were straight up like, "Yeah, I took steroids." The the, the team might be like, oh, well, you know, we're just going to go ahead and let you go. We can find a third string quarterback somewhere else.
4: I didn't think of it that way. But for me, I know like anytime I see Jake Hanner, I was like, okay, dude. But if you would have said, hey, look, I screwed up. I, I'm trying to gain weight. I, I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I did it. Okay, I understand. Mm. I, I've, I've been there. I, I've wanted to work around things and not do things the right way. Everybody listening to this has at some point. It's cool, man. Just uh, get it out of your system, and we'll see you in week seven. All good. Yeah. But I have no idea how that got in my body. Yeah. Sure, uh, sure. Brian Kelly equals Bill Clinton.
2: <laughs> uh. I did not say we were going to beat the heck out of Florida State. No, okay.
4: It wasn't that bad. Best I could it was, do. It was okay. It's, 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 I feel like you could put yeah, a little realize, more that's, something, that's something
2: into it. It's it's well not a practice. You know you don't have, you don't have to break out the Bill Clinton very often anymore. You know.
4: Bob says maybe somebody Back altered the tape over the video. They didn't, man. It's
2: no, absolutely not. They were reporting this on Friday when he said
4: it, or on Thursday night when he said it. Like people in person. Heard it. And yeah, again, he, it's not he, like he, he, did, yeah. he didn't say, Norvell's a jerk, they suck, they're cheating. No, he's just like, hey, on the LSU Coaches Radio Show with an audience of LSU fans, he gave them a little something to get pumped up about. There's nothing, It's okay, it happens. It's not even disrespectful. It's just, hey, we're going to beat them. And then lying about it days later. Just lame. It is just lame. 601-879-4395. Uh, Got to bring something up to hey Dad. There's a new... Uh, menu item in the NFL that is like hard to believe when i read you
0: what it is we'll tell you when we come back all right sports talk mississippi covering your mississippi team with live reports from games and practices plus exclusive interviews weekday afternoons starting at 3 on supertalk.fm the supertalk mississippi app and always live on your local supertalk mississippi radio station <laughs>
4: Today in Would You Eat It featuring Brian Hayden, i Michael Borky. It's probably not what we're going to call this segment. should be a segment, by the way.
2: Would You Eat It? Would You
4: Eat It? At Philadelphia yeah, it's food
2: Eagles. Fridays tomorrow, but we'll do this now.
4: We'll do this now at Philadelphia Eagles games this year. You can have what they are calling, which you I would love to see something like this at a stadium in Oxford or Starkville. I, I really would. The Slim Chicken 2.0. It is okay. uh, fried chicken that is fried in frosted flakes. That is what is used as. Yeah. Hmm. It, it's what though. It's chicken coated in frosted no. flakes and then fried what is it ah uh, it's fried it's fried chicken so i love i love fried chicken it's it's, it's crusted in, in okay i've heard of it's, corn flakes it's frosted flakes it's crusted in frosted flakes and after it's fried <sighs> something called cooper sharp cheese i don't know what that is but that that is the, the cheese on it It's cheese Honey-glazed bacon with a cherry jam and ghost chili, so... Okay. Spicy. And the bun is Mm -hmm. apple fritters.
2: So just so I have this straight, this is a fried chicken breast coated in frosted flakes. That's right. The bacon is coated in honey. That's right. There's a cherry jam. That's right. And the bun is an apple fritter.
4: Don't forget about ghost pepper.
2: Now... Well, I'm not worried about that part because my, my next question is: Do I get a free shot of insulin with this? <laughs> You're going to have the diabetes Just
4: go after ahead. You eat this sandwich. Go ahead and take me to the hospital. I'll eat it on the way in the ambulance. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like I, I'm I'm, call- I'm calling my. I think this sandwich might be a pre-existing condition. My insurance might not cover it. Uh yes, I would eat this sandwich. I'd, I'd certainly take a bite of it. You know, I don't know about I don't know about getting the whole thing down, but. I'm definitely gonna try it. It sounds delicious. I wanna try I've it. Had chi- I've had cornflake fried chicken. I've had cornflake fried chicken, which is great. And I've had savory like burgers and sandwiches on donuts before. I like apple fritters, so I prefer a cherry fritter, but we've got the cherry jam. So, you know, you got cherry and apple, that's healthy. That's you've ate two fruits. So he
5: says that doesn't and sound outrageous. very the good. the frosted
2: flakes is the Frosted Flakes is just, just making a
4: the, <laughs> making the my head spin. Calorie count on that has got to be four thousand. It's got to be two apple fritters, chicken, Frosted Flakes. The bacon. apple fritters
2: are working. So, so here's what I'm gonna tell you that I've learned in my calorie counting journey is that fried chicken not that bad, right? Even though it's fried, right. like a fried chicken breast is only like three hundred calories. That's good. But fried and Frosted Flakes is different. That's a different story. A little bit and different. You, the apple fritter. Two apple fritters. I mean, what if I had a device, right? Yes, well, you did. So, uh, let's see here. An apple fritter. Apple. Well, an apple's good for you, but an apple fritter. So if you, Dunkin' Donuts apple fritters, they're 420 calories each. Ah. So, there's 840, 840 I mean, assuming... You know, Krispy Kreme has an apple fritter donut that's 390. Everywhere I'm looking, it's like 300 to 400 calories. So just the buns here. And I'm going to make an assumption that these are like some stupid, like crazy, dipped-in, like double-icing apple fritter. But I want to see a picture of this. I, need, I, need, I may need to follow Darren Ravel tonight you just might to need see to. the picture somewhere.
4: It's uh, it's on so. there. Dwayne, we will talk about this tomorrow, actually. It's going to be a, a point of uh, emphasis tomorrow. Is we'll, It'll be two questions. It'll be in two questions. Uh, so we'll do that tomorrow, talking about Mississippi State, Arizona, Ole Miss, Tulane. Of course, we've got NFL tonight. No Travis Kelsey officially, so uh, if you have him on your fantasy team, uh, quickly take him out of your starting lineup because he will not be playing tonight. By the way... I forgot about this. So Colorado, Nebraska's big noon kickoff again, which is 11 Central, which is big 10 noon. o'clock in Boulder. That is criminal for that game locally to be at 10 yeah. o'clock in the morning.
2: I mean, we've got 10 o'clock football for uh, for Vanderbilt too. Don't forget. We do this week, and uh, it's not 10 o'clock local, but it's 10 o'clock local to Vanderbilt. But at some their fans will be watching.
4: At some point, though, we. I know TV drives everything, but man, that sucks for Colorado fans. And they're they're going to fill the stadium up because they're excited. But 10 a.m. kickoffs, 11 a.m. kickoffs should be against the law. 10 a.m. should mm-hmm. be TV executive right to jail.
2: I disagree. I like to, <laughs> the idea of being able to roll out of bed and watch college football. I mean, I would be down for 9 a.m. kickoff. <laughs> Who needs college game day when you can just have college football? College football, yeah.
4: Thank you guys so much for making our show a part of your day. Hope you had fun with us. Richard will be back tomorrow. We'll do high school football. We'll talk to Luke. We'll do two questions. Talk to Bruce. Bruce make Marshall. picks. Food Friday. Pulks, pick six. Supertalk.fm slash polks. If you're not signed up already, the email just hit my inbox. Check it out. Win meat. Win meat. Supertalk.fm slash polks. We'll see you tomorrow.